3: True or false? Men are finished. That's what we are here to debate. This is another verbal matchup from Intelligence Squared U.S. I'm John Donvan of ABC News. We are at the Skirball Center for the Performing Arts at New York University. Men are finished. That is the proposition that we are arguing. One team arguing for it, the other arguing against it. They include arguing for the motion, the writer behind The Atlantic's controversial article, The End of Men, and her debating partner and teammate, a journalist legal analyst who makes the case that women are better cops, spies, and world leaders. On the opposing side, the editor of Men's Health, and a scholar and author of The War Against Boys. (laughs) Now, this is a debate. It is a contest. One team will win and one team will lose. And you, our live audience here at the Skirball Center, will be functioning as our judges. By the time the debate has ended, you will have been asked to vote twice, once before the debate and once again afterwards to register where you stand on this motion. And the team that has changed the most of your minds in the course of the debate will be declared our winner. So our motion is men are finished. And now on to round one, opening statements by each debater in turn. First, for the motion, Hannah Rosen, she is an award-winning journalist for Slate and The Atlantic. Her 2010 cover story, which was titled The End of Men, provoked a firestorm of responses. She is now writing a book expanding on her theory that men are losing their dominance, and as a matter of fact, you went to high school at Stuyvesant, a few blocks away from here, where I understand you were a debater?
1: I was a debater, and I'm hoping I can channel that inner nerd tonight and bring it right back again. Did
3: did you beat the boys a lot?
1: Uh, We beat everybody, but my partner was a boy, so I don't know if that counts. (laughs) Ladies
3: and gentlemen, Hannah Rosen.
1: We are living through an unprecedented moment in history where the power dynamics between men and women are shifting very radically. I'll start with the fundamentals. In 2010, for the first time ever, women became the majority of the workforce. And last year, for the first time, women became 54% of all American managers. Now, how are men doing these days? They're doing very, very badly. The annual income of men peaked around 1973, which is just when women started to get going. Right now, one in five men are out of work, which is the highest percentage that's ever existed. Now, why is this happening? The very simple answer is college. Uh, Most economists agree that what you need to get ahead these days is pretty simple. It's just a college degree. For every two men who get a college degree, three women will do the same. Why are women getting more college degrees? It's not that women are smarter, because they're not smarter. These days, men and women test about the same on standardized tests for both math and English. But women have something. Some sociologists call it grit. Some call it engagement. Some call it social intelligence. It's some special formula that's required for success these days, which women just seem to have in greater abundance than men. And this is a very new thing. Now, I imagine that our opponents are going to concede that women do better in college, but then they're going to say, so what? Women are goody-goodies. Then they go to work and they just flame out and they never get anywhere else. But this is, of course, completely preposterous. For one thing, it's only been happening for about a generation and a half, and you already see the results in the economy. You already see that for women under 30 these days are making more, men, more money than men under 30, and that's really, really new. Now we're on to my favorite subject, which is male vanity. Lose your gut. 30 Red Hot Sex Secrets. Dave Zinzenko will recognize these phrases because they come from the cover of his magazine, Men's (laughs) Health. Once upon a time, men's magazines used to actively flaunt their dominance and aggression. The very first issue of Playboy called women people who crush man's adventurous, free-loving spirit. These days, uh, the men are waxing and primping more than I have ever done in my entire life, as we all became deeply familiar with, unfortunately, when we had the close-up of Anthony Weiner. (laughs) Now from my opponents, you'll likely hear a lot of talk about the new generation, about how men are still geniuses, men are still inventors, how they drive the technology industry. I have a few things to say to that. First of all, we're talking about a tiny percentage of men. You're also likely to hear about the Fortune 500 list and the echelons of Hollywood and how few women there are out there at the top. Duh. Men have been at this for 40,000 years, and women have only been at this for 40 years. So, of course, the world doesn't flip upside down overnight. But the writing on the wall is still clear. Men are finished, which is why you should vote for us.
3: Thank you. Hannah Rosen. Men are finished is our motion, and now here to speak against the motion, I'd like to introduce Christina Hoff-Sommers. She's a resident scholar at the American Enterprise Institute. She is a critic of radical feminism and the author of The War Against Boys and also Who Stole Feminism? Does the answer of that, to that question figure in?
0: Oh, actually it does. I mean, in Who Stole Feminism, I argued against a very ferocious form of male bashing feminism, and in favor of a feminism that affirmed friendship and equality and mutual respect between the sexes, and I'm going to talk a lot about that tonight.
3: All right. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Christina Hoff Summers.
0: First of all, men are not finished. (laughs) Yes, yes, indeed, women are joining men as partners in running the world, uh, but they're not replacing them. I mean, after almost... 40 years of gender neutral pronouns. Men are still more likely than women to run for political office, start businesses, file patents, write editorials, tell jokes. The males are in decline crowd seem to imagine a world of consensus-building women happily and competently interacting and managing the new economy. They point to an explosion of jobs for nurturers and communicators, more social workers, veterinarians, dance therapists, teachers. The problem is that you can't sustain a network of nurturers and communicators without someone paying for it. You're still going to need ambitious, hard-driven innovators, manufacturers, engineers, construction workers, along with police officers, firefighters, and the military. Now, we're told that toughness and assertiveness, those are obsolete. That's absurd. It ignores the actions and virtues of the very people that make it possible for us to assemble here tonight and debate whether men are in decline. Now, Hanna concedes that men are still at the top of the pyramid, but she says, men's hold on power in elite circles is loosening. I agree, and and I welcome it, but it's not evidence of a female takeover. Consider science and technology. Women now hold a majority of college degrees, and they hold most of the jobs in fields like psychology, veterinary medicine, biology. But those numbers don't hold in other fields. Math, technology, engineering, those are fields where men prevail by huge numbers. Give them time, says Hannah. Uh, women have only just b- begun. Where is it? I see no sign of it, if, according to a recent study by the commerce department women 's numbers in computer science and mathematics have actually gone down in the last ten years. I mean, if Hanna were right, these trends we would begin to see women taking over. Now. Ask yourself: is technology finished? Is engineering finished? Is the military finished? Are dangerous jobs, like working on an oil rig or being a police officer or a roofer, uh, a logger, are those finished? The idea that men are finished is crazy. Men and women complement each other. We are not separate teams competing for a trophy. This is not a zero-sum competition. We're dance partners, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. If one is in trouble, so is the other.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. We have heard two of the opening statements, and now on to the third. I'd like to introduce Dan Abrams. He is Chief Legal Analyst for ABC News. He is also the author of a book whose title is a lot of fun to read. It is called Man Down, Proof Beyond a Reasonable Doubt That Women Are Better Cops, Drivers, Gamblers, Spies, World Leaders, Beer Tasters, Hedge Fund Managers, and Just About Everything Else. I notice that you don't say women are better legal analysts. Is it... it? (laughs)
2: Have you raised the bar for men with your performance? No, no, no. There's just the obvious example of the woman, uh, the better legal analyst. Of course, there's Nancy Grace. uh, (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Abrams. My my, my frequent opponent. Look, this book was at times a fun tongue-in-cheek effort. So let's put the frivolous aside and talk about the evidence that examines issues that are important. Hanna talked about women as students, they'll be better educated. But I don't know, what about politics, finance, uh, taking care of the planet? These are areas where the evidence is crystal clear. Let's start with politics. The very first research has come out this year, evaluating men and women in Congress. The American Journal for Political Science reported this year that from 1984 to 2004, women won their home districts an average of $49 million more per year than their male counterparts. Women sponsored more bills. They attracted a greater number of co-sponsors than their male colleagues. In addition, two Ohio State political science professors tracked every bill passed between 1981 and 2009, and found that those sponsored by women survived further into the legislative process and were more likely to be deemed important overall. Women are less corruptible. Two major international studies, one at the World Bank Development Research Group, one from Williams College, analyzed data from dozens of countries' parliaments, plus a 93-country survey, the results were clear. The more women legislators, the less corruption in a legislature. So what the heck's going on? Why aren't there more women? I think a 2008 Pew Research study explains it all. They surveyed 2,250 people, asked them that eight traits key to political leaders and whether they thought men or women were superior. Honesty, overwhelmingly women. Intelligence, women. Hardworking, tied. Compassionate, outgoing, creative. Overwhelmingly women, women, women. Ambition, tied. The only one of the eight relevant traits where men were deemed superior. Decisiveness. In that same study, though, only 6% of the respondents thought women made better political leaders. There is only so long men will be able to thrive, much less survive, on the fumes of past sexism and assumptions. (laughs) Now, finance, you don't need to survey the attitudes of people in finance. 2009 and 2010, Wall Street Journal and New York Times published articles both presented multiple statistics that men were taking more risks based on less information, buying and selling more often, and losing more money. Business Week reported that when the downturn began, funds run by women lost 9.6% compared to 19% for men. And all other things equal, anyone who wants to make money ought to go with a woman. (laughs) Finally, new studies show that women are more committed to protecting the planet. They recycle more. They eat less meat. They take shorter trips. They save gas by speeding less. Heck, God has decided that men are finished. Between 1995 and 2008, 82% of lightning strikes were on men. (laughs) So bottom line, why are women still lagging in so many areas? Three reasons. Married or unmarried, they're still primarily responsible for child care. Two, they often lack the overconfidence of men. And three, sexism. When number one may not ever change for certain, number two and three will. And then us men are in big trouble. I'm John Donvan, and you're listening to Intelligence Squared U.S.,
3: Oxford-style debating on America's shores. Stay with us. I'm John Donvan, and you're listening to Intelligence Squared U.S., Oxford-style debating on America's shores. Welcome back to the program. Men are finished. That is our motion. And now here to speak against the motion, David Zinzenko, who is executive vice president and editor-in-chief of Men's Health magazine... He is editorial director of both women's health and prevention magazines, and he's a best-selling author. And men, men's health, it's, it's about fitness, it's about technology, it's about handling your finances. So, so, if men were going down the tubes, you would have your finger on the pulse of all of these. Oh, oh,
4: we would know, John. Uh, men aren't finished. Dan may be finished,
3: but <laughs> men aren't finished. Ladies and gentlemen, David Sinzenko. Uh,
4: I want you to vote against this proposition because it's preposterous. Men can't possibly be finished because, as all of you know, when men are finished, they roll over immediately and go to sleep. That's not happening. Now, they will have you believe that that is the case. If anything, they continue to do what they have always done, invent new technologies, (laughs) lead nations, build bridges, drive corporations, yes, win elections. All of the statistics that my opponents will be citing tonight are indicative of a trend. Women are beginning to catch up to men. But the pace of that progress is inexorably slow. According to the United Nations, women perform two-thirds of the world's work, but only earn a fraction of the world's income. Men own 99% of the world's property and rule 92% of its sovereign nations. Now, I didn't get through all of Freakonomics, admittedly, but these do not seem like winning statistics for that side. Men aren't finished you have to vote against this motion. Now, what's going on? In part, it's the biological drive. There is a women's movement for the simple reason that women are willing to move together more as a unit. Men are rugged individualists. They want to move together, probably, but they, none is willing to stop and ask for directions. <laughs> so that's the way that men are, and we need to move beyond our opponents' assertions that there's something wrong with that. It may not be true that the male uh, of the species is, in fact, stronger, braver, or more action-oriented in times of crisis. But we are certainly still asked to play an outsized role. It was still men who spent those long weeks in the Chilean mine. It's still men who make up 90% of the -the on-the-job deaths performing dangerous tasks at dangerous hours. It was still 343 fire men who lost their lives 10 years ago in the World Trade Center. And while women are clearly capable of heroic actions, I personally am in awe of Rupert Murdoch's wife.
1: <laughs>
4: we are hardwired as a species to count on the comforts of masculine leadership. Yes, women are making enormous gains in education. They now earn the majority of graduate and undergraduate degrees, and I feel terrible, just terrible for Bill Gates and Barry Diller and Sergey Brin uh, and Tyler Perry and Larry Ellison and Steve Jobs uh, and all the other poor non-degree holding men <laughs> who are too busy becoming billionaires to finish their homework. It's awful. <laughs> of course, there are self-made women billionaires, Oprah, Martha, J.K. Rowling, Imaginative visions shared worldwide. Um, but it's men who flood the patent offices. And until a woman invents the next Google or Facebook or iPad or Basematic, <laughs> the economic inequality between men and women will not be righted in our lifetimes. That's why men are not finished. And it's why you have to vote against this ridiculous proposition.
3: <laughs> Thank you, David Sisenko. Our motion is men are finished, and we have two teams debating this motion. We have Hannah Rosen and Dan Abrams arguing for the motion that men are finished. They're saying that as a result of a changing economy and shifting cultural values, men who once, like it or not, were seen as the dominant sex, the the bosses and the breadwinners are now already in a deep slide to number two status. Arguing against them, saying that men are not finished, Christina Hoff Summers and David Sinzenko, they're saying that men are doing just fine, thank you, that they still hold most of the power. And besides, just because women are doing better, that does not mean that men have to be doing worse. We're in round two, where the debaters are going to be able to talk directly to each other and take questions from you and from myself. And I'd like to start with uh, initially with a question to the side that's arguing for the motion. Your opponents are making the case that part of the reason that the notion is afloat, that men are finished, is because they're, they're, there's a sense that women can only be doing better if men are doing worse, that this is a zero-sum game. So is it? Is is it not possible for both sides to do well without, without this imbalance resulting?
1: It is possible, but it just doesn't work that way. I mean, if we can all agree that there was male dominance for a long time and that male dominance is over, then I think we agree that men are finished. So the resolution is about male dominance, which we've taken for granted for so many tens of thousands of years. And so even if you have parity, you have the end of male dominance. I mean, if you have women rising and catching up to men, then you no longer
0: have male dominance.
3: Christina hawks
1: Summers. But
0: the opposite of male dominance is not female dominance. It's mutuality.
1: That's, That's fine. And men are th- still finished. I mean, men are finished as the dominant sex. I, I'm not. They I are not finished. Are, you know, That's
0: absurd. Even you agreed to it when you, in your opening, that you didn't want to say men are finished. You thought there might be inklings of a suggestion that it may be happening. But what you're defending now is that men are finished. I'm saying it's absurd. I'm saying some men are in trouble. But rather than declare their extinction, we should be doing what we can to help them. And that totally. is not happening in our schools. Yeah, our I'm schools not saying we should are...
1: crush them further. We I'm just about... stating yeah, it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Dan Abrams. Yeah, you, you say we need, to, we need to do that in our schools, uh, and yet that's exactly what universities have tried, which is to have affirmative action for men. It's gotten that bad. And, and the Civil Rights Commission actually investigated this, because the situation has gotten so dire at our universities that we feel the need uh, to discriminate against women. Uh, if that's the solution, that's frightening.
0: But if you look at the early grades of how young men are treated in our schools, it's a very girl-friendly environment and boys are not keeping up with, uh, with the girls. And if you look into the average classroom, it's a male-averse environment. The Schools, for example, now don't allow rough-and-tumble play. There's zero tolerance for male rambunctiousness. You have schools where they don't allow them to play tag where anyone is out. They have to replace it with games like Circle of Friends, (laughs) Tug of War. (laughs) Tug of war has become tug of peace. Uh, this is not, this is hostile to the interests of young men. They're, boys are badly neglected. Now, just one last point. We did a lot to help girls and to strengthen them in math and science. At the same time, we did nothing to help boys with their reading and writing skills and their college matriculation. uh, But it seems like you're you're conceding
2: that men are finished. I mean, what you're doing is you're saying, yes, men are finished, and here's why we need to change
0: it. I said men are in trouble. That's not the same as saying they're finished. David Sinzenko.
4: What's happening here is what needs to happen. They are in the ridiculous side of this issue, so they have to attempt to redefine it. If the issue is that the stranglehold on men is coming to the end, or men's omnipotence is finished. Well, two things would be happening. We would be conceding right off the bat that men's omnipotence is finished, and this debate would be taking place in 1962.
2: I want to make another point about police officers, which Christina uh, <laughs> made a reference to consistently, and I think it's indicative, actually, of the, of the larger issue, which is people like to think, oh, you know, Men will be the better police officers because they're bigger and stronger, and if I was out there and I needed someone, I'd want a big, strong police officer. Well, okay, in certain cases, but what if I told you that there is solid evidence to demonstrate that women can diffuse a violent situation better than men can? Okay, now instead of having to tackle the guy, you can get the guy to avoid, you can avoid a conflict altogether, and then avoid taxpayer lawsuits, and have less corruption within your police force. Hmm suddenly we're looking at police officers in a totally different way. Does that mean that there's no advantage to being faster or bigger? No. But the number of times in real life, as opposed to the movies, where people are actually running down across the street to catch the guy jumping over the fence is actually pretty far. In, you know, it's pretty rare. Christina,
3: I, I want to put a question to you. A question to you. Um, you, you, you talked about uh, fields where, where men's, I would say brawn is relevant, uh, firefighters, uh, the, the people who protect us, soldiers, you mentioned loggers, and, and they're kind of creating a world where they're saying it's, it's more important now to be a blogger than to be a logger. <laughs> that, 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 there's, that it's a Facebook world and the Facebook world works better for women. So I, I just wanted you to take on that notion that structurally we're changing so that the relevance of female characteristics to the economy, their economic value, has become enhanced, while male so-called characteristics, brawn, for example.
0: I don't disagree with Dan or Hannah that there's a female ascendancy. I like to see these opportunities for women and women moving into uh, centers of power. But again, I insist that what they're doing is forging a partnership with men in running the world. They're not taking over. Women and men are equal but different. I think that we need both and that the idea that we're going to have one over the other is unknown. But but the notion
3: notion that the the so-called feminine qualities, uh, which would include what, Hannah, become more relevant economically?
1: You know, I mean, I don't know that women are particularly awesome. Like, when I enter this bloggers versus loggers conversation, this isn't a value judgment, like, loggers are losers. It's not the, that's not what our side represents. It's just that they're an incredibly shrinking part of the American economy. It just is. It's really not a value judgment. It's like whatever it is that women have, you know, people have called it so many things. They've called it grit, they've called it emotional intelligence, they've called it focus. Nobody really knows what it is. Some people try to say, like oh it's in the hardwiring of the brains of women I'm not sure it's in the hardwiring it might be that women have been behind all these years and now they're catching up the way immigrants do it might be that but it's just an economic fact that whatever it I is, just have a question Well I, you
4: know I, again it's uh, if you look at the all of the relevant stats what you see is this is not the case uh, when you look at concentrations of wealth when you look at poverty in in the United States and elsewhere the deck is has been stacked against women but in their world, they have to twist what this debate means. And, you know, the fact is if men adjust to the work-life realities, uh, they are emasculated and feminized and therefore they lose. If they don't adapt to the new realities, men are emasculated and unnecessary and, and they lose. I think women can become CEOs, they can become stay-at-home moms, they can be considered masters of the new universe, and it is easy to uh, structure in your mind uh, the decline and fall of men when all the rules are stacked against your opponents, but here in the real world, there is no truth to the facts.
3: Okay. I want to come to the audience for questions shortly, but uh, we're very pleased to have Slate as our media partner, and they're streaming this debate. Thank you. Thank you. They're live streaming this debate on their site, and we have a question from a William Nitrous of New York City. I'm going to slightly, slightly paraphrase. He's saying, is this just a natural consequence? He, what he means to say is this perception that perhaps men are finished. Is it just a natural consequence of the assumption of superiority among men who, unlike females, didn't have the pressure of needing a college degree to succeed. And the more interesting part of his question, he says, does this apply outside of America? So I want to put to both sides, to what degree are we talking about an American phenomenon here, and to what degree is it more global?
0: Well, men are are, uh, languishing academically throughout the world. In Europe, far more women go to college. I mean, more women go to college than men in Iran. (laughs) So it's not only the United States.
3: Hannah Rosen.
1: Well, what, you know, so here's an interesting statistic. So we always think male preference is something that comes up a lot, you know, preference for the firstborn son. One of the first things I did when I started this research was uh, on a lark and a tip, I went to go visit fertility clinics uh, because, you know, we all understand that people prefer sons. And it turns out that no, 75% of couples are actually requesting girls. So then I started to ask, well, is this true in these very patriarchal places like, you know, South Korea, China, and India? Well, you look at the charts and here's what happened. At some point, technology allowed them you know, to easily choose a son. And then by the mid-90s, this plummeted. Women started to go to school. Women started to get jobs that they could never have before. And all these strict patriarchal structures started to break down. So you can see all over the world that different things are happening. I mean, China, for example, has a higher percentage of female CEOs than the US does. Why? I think it's because childcare is easier. I think it's because families take care of children. There's all sorts of reasons why culturally that's true.
3: Okay. Uh, you're holding two fingers up. Yep.
1: Hello, my name is Alicia Bonner, and I am a graduate of a girls' high school, a women's college, and I earn <coughs> percent more than my fiancé. Um, <laughs> I'm interested in a couple of the things that David and Christina posed, and David, you spoke about um, financial inequality and how, uh, whatever, 92% of the world's resources are in the hands of men. Um, Christina, you seem to allude to the fact that anything that women are able to do, it's because men are there to earn money to fund it, which I think might be a little bit more problematic. How do we overcome this? And if money talks, when is that power going to lie with women?
3: Yeah, take it down Abrams first. Um,
2: I think that eventually the results are going to speak for themselves. Uh, when people start thinking about and learning about how much more effective female political leaders are, for example. uh, I think that there will be a change. People will vote differently. Remember when people say to me, oh why are there so many... Look, Women should be blaming themselves with with regard to voting because women are the majority of the voters out there. But what's interesting is when you get more female candidates you don't necessarily get uh, a change. With regard to the uh, the voting habits uh, of women, so uh, ultimately the results will speak for themselves, and that's part of the reason why I think this proposition of men are finished. Um, you know, while certainly hyperbole, if you look at the results, it is a dangerous world upcoming.
4: Other side, well, Davidson I, I mean, I think buildings are always going to fall down, things are going to burn. You're always going to need men to uh, get in there and do the dirty jobs, do the dangerous jobs. The world is becoming more dangerous than ever. I think that a lot of the leaders of the world, as we discussed, are uh, are men, and you have to get the country running right here first. You have to focus on health and wellness. I think the uh, universal health care is a step in the right direction. Um, men and women are partners, and once that happens, but it's a long ways away right now. Sixteen percent of women are are in Congress. Sixteen percent of women are serving on the board of corporations. Um, So, there's a lot of work that that needs to be done, but we have to do it together. And and we have to do it here first.
3: Okay. Sir? Uh, To Dan and Hannah,
4: even as women uh, take over, if you will, and I agree, the trends are there, there's no question about it, wouldn't there be inevitably a sort of market adjustment whereby men will learn from women how to be better CEOs, how to be better political leaders, better members of society, and that ultimately it won't mean
3: that anybody's finished, but that there will be a balancing. Christina, would you want to take that first, and then we'll come to the other side? Christina Hoff Summers.
0: Yes, I, I don't disagree that there's going to be transformation. This debate is not about whether or not we're in a tra- period of transformation and men's women, and women's roles are changing. Of course they are. I'm not contesting that. What I'm contesting is this very aggressive resolution defended by my colleagues (laughs) that men are finished. So I oppose that. But as far as men improving, I think they will. Hannah Rosen. That's the best
1: case scenario, and that's what I wish would happen. However, there's just all this evidence that men don't respond that well and are not that flexible. Now, female feelings about what's okay as a woman, and people have measured this for college students and adults, have changed radically. Women now think it's much more okay to be aggressive in the workplace. It's much more okay to win. They ask a series of questions. The male identification, self-identification, hasn't changed basically in 60 years. Men always think it's only acceptable to be a guy in this tiny, narrow range, and they're always defining themselves against women not towards women why I don't know why I don't know if that's biology or what but that's just how it is so we would hope so but we don't know
3: I'm John Donvan and you're listening to Intelligence Squared U.S. Oxford style debating on America's shores stay with us So we are in the middle of the question and answer section of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate. I'm John Donvan, your moderator. We have four debaters, two teams of two, and they are debating this motion. Men are finished. Sir, uh,
5: right on the aisle there. Uh, My name is Aaron, and the group that I uh, am a part of is men with a bachelor's degree. That's uh, the relevant group that I'm a part of. (laughs) Um, Bachelor's degree, by the way, may be uh, overdue for a name change. Um, But... I, I look at this, I see um, a, man and a, woman, a man and a woman, but w- one style of, de- of debate here, one style of debate here. It, it just seems that uh, Men Are Finished is just an unfortunate title since both groups seem to be saying it's more about traits. And so my question is, could it be more men who have more feminine traits who who are succeeding? And I'm thinking of people like Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg. Could they then potentially reverse the trend and be more successful than women? because What what are the feminine traits, though, that you would have in mind? uh, What they've been saying that women um, pay attention more, they're more patient, Uh they're better at certain
3: things. All right. I hear your question, then. Why don't we take it first to to Dan Abrams?
2: I'll I'll say this, that in the world of finance, uh, there is a clear recognition that the traders need to behave more classically female, meaning that uh, they are now being trained in many um, classically male financial firms uh, to engage in behavior, consensus building, less of the sort of typically male buying and trading like crazy, taking risks uh, and becoming a bit more risk averse, et cetera. Um, That's as a result of risk aversion. Now, that means if you're going to swing for the home run every time, you're going to hit that home run more often, and you're also going to strike out more often. And yet, if you behave more in what is viewed as classically female, more risk-averse, you're going to end up with more, to use the sports analogy, singles, doubles, and triples, and as a result, have better returns. So, Dan, David,
3: Zinzenko, do you want to respond to that?
4: Yeah, I... Look, I can sit here and talk about the ratio of college-educated men to women in Birmingham being 13 to 17, and in Oakland, 11 to 8. We can talk about stats all day long, but if you come back to the facts, the main facts when it comes to how wealth is distributed, the fact that men are still earning more than women, that they're still uh, running boards, running countries, inventing new technologies, you are in a situation where men aren't finished, and that's why you have to vote against
3: this motion. Yeah, um, right there with this, yeah.
1: Question for Dave. Um, you mentioned that you know men still hold the majority of resources, 99%, and they run 92% of the countries. Do you honestly think that's because they're more competent? I mean, why do you think that is? Do you think it has something to do with deeply rooted structural patriarchy that's been enforced with violence over the past... 40,000
3: years like Go ahead uh, David.
4: Yeah, look, I think that I think that men have had an enormous head start. I am for gender equality. I am just saying men aren't finished. I, you know, and, I, and that's why you have to vote against the motion. And that's why you have to vote against the motion. We have to stay very focused here. And, you know, look, I think, you know, men have had a tremendous head start. That's worldwide, uh, the, the gains they've made. Um, certainly women have made enormous gains and, and will continue to make them, and, and we should support
3: all of them. But it's not what we're debating here tonight. So let's go to another question. Sir, you got a white uh, card
5: in your hand. So I'd like to, to point out, Miss Rosen, your your whole point seems to be, you know, you're arguing that what we have now is the beginning of a trend. Mm-hmm. So suppose that just before Tom Edison invents the light bulb, all the candlestick makers are Irishmen. After Edison invents the light bulb, all those candlestick making jobs go away and things look pretty bad for the Irish. But nobody would say that it's the end of Irishmen. It's the end of candlestick makers.
1: Okay, so in the first recession, that's what we thought. We thought, oh, it's just the end of uh, construction jobs. And then in the second recession, we thought, oh, it's just the end of, you know, pipeline fitter jobs. And then we thought it's just the end of this and the end of that. And then suddenly we realized, no, it's actually the end of the manufacturing era. So you realize that this was a trend that was not going to go away or reverse itself and that all these jobs that men happened to do were sort of shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and they were never going to come back. So, you know, I don't know. You want me to say it's like the end of, manu- you know, manufacturing? No, let's, let's hear
3: from your opponents. Christina.
0: First of all, I just don't accept the idea that jobs that men will hold in the future are going to be—they are all going to have to be dance therapists or (laughs) you know uh, executive producers. If you look at the projections from the Labor Department, we're we're going to need vast millions and millions of engineers and people that are experts in information technology. There and are still going to have to be people constructing and manufacturing.
2: But but it misses the point, which is that that the more important point, directly responding to your question about the candlesticks, is that what we're seeing in society today, and Hannah has studied this a lot more than have I, is the the idea that the people who are making candles and engaging in jobs that are becoming outdated, or whatever the case may be, women have figured out a way to navigate the tough economy better than men, and they are simply adapting better than our men. That's the really important point here. It's not just that the male jobs are being eliminated. Thank you.
1: Yes, hi. Diane Salvatore, editor of Prevention Magazine. Is it true that um, men with power and money tend to self-destruct more than women do? And I think here of Oprah versus Charlie Sheen. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about anybody versus Charlie that, Sheen? That's
4: why I said before that Dan is, is probably finished, um, but not others.
1: I'm just thankful to you for mentioning Charlie Sheen because I feel like (laughs) you just say Charlie Sheen enough times and everybody will vote for us.
5: Um, Sir, uh, I'm going to try and redeem the men's side with this question. Um, You spoke earlier about bloggers versus loggers. (laughs) I guess everybody would agree that technology is the new frontier. And if you look at Silicon Valley, it is dominated by young men. What, What do you say to that?
1: Well, whenever I look at these questions, because we always think, oh, men are better at technology, they're better engineers, I do in my head what I call the cross-border biology check. I try and think, okay, is this just something we think is true because we look at it and we assume it ever has to be true? Well, in India, half of engineering students are women. Now, why is that? Because it's encouraged in India and because that's something everybody has to do. It's not something that men are necessarily better than women at. So I just feel like eventually that will be true here too. We put an emphasis
0: on it and women will do it correction in countries like people often say look at India and look at Malaysia women are the engineers and and far more women are becoming physicists in those countries women don't have as much of choice of what they do. Because of economic pressures, they are forced to do careers. In a society where there's more prosperity, women have more choice and they go into other fields. And that's why if you look at what American women are majoring in, it's you know, art history and education, all sorts of things. They're not forced to do something they don't want to do.
3: Uh, right there in the aisle, uh, to you, you're right. Right, yes, could you please rise, thanks.
0: I just have a quick question. Um, does anybody have the statistics on how many men become women and how many women become okay. men?
3: It's uh-huh. that's a whole other debate, which we're going to have shortly. Re- reproductive
4: right. sciences, folks, is really not that old compared really, to. Really, I think I've been so clear sexual reproduction. at
3: all instances about how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sir, can you stand up? That's one of the parts that.
2: So uh, my question is, uh, can you imagine being a co-founder or founder of an island where only women live on this island? Uh, Okay,
3: I'm going to go to another. Yes, I I can. I I sometimes do. But right down front. Okay, can you rise? And make this a, give us a finish here. Because you might be our last question. Please, don't make me regret choosing you. (laughs)
4: I'm a do you proud, I'm a do you proud Uh, My question is for Christina You were speaking earlier about how um, In elementary schools It's designed against
0: Boys Sometimes, yes, very often Well,
4: You were emphasizing how dire it was That we have to change that And we have to help boys In doing so, are you conceding that if something doesn't change Then men are finished Yes (laughs)
3: Christina, take Uh,
4: that question First of
0: all, men, that's ridiculous Men are not finished uh, and that's why you should vote against the proposition. Uh, no, I, what I'm saying is we have set up an obstacle course for young men. That makes it makes we, we, And we're doing a much better job educating young women, supporting young women, encouraging young women. So what we have to do is find a way. And it, yes, it goes back to the elementary school classroom where we have to support boys. Now, am I saying that means men are finished? No, I don't no, see how you hear that. I'm saying you... we've set up handicaps. We've set up obstacles. Yes,
4: and it, unless we change and get rid of those handicaps, men are finished.
2: I've got to get my brother to sit down.
1: Okay. <laughs> ladies and
2: gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes
3: round two of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate. And, uh, and here's where we are. We are about to hear uh, closing statements from each debater in turn. And remember how you voted before the debate. Right after these closing statements, we're going to ask you once again to vote. And the team that has changed most of your minds in the course of the debate will be declared our winner. So on to round three, closing statements. Our motion is this, men are finished. And here to summarize her position against the motion, Christina Hoff Summers, resident scholar at the American Enterprise Institute and author of The War Against Boys.
0: I urge you to vote against this proposition for three reasons. Number one, it's false. Women are not replacing men. Women are not becoming the first sex. Women are becoming partners with men. Men continue to do most of the arduous and dangerous work, and they are the primary risk-takers and innovators. Society is driven by what the classical economist Joseph Schumpeter called the gale of creative destruction. Women can cause such gales, but it has always been a masculine specialty, and there is zero evidence that that is changing. Reason two you should oppose this proposition, it's chauvinistic. As I said, in the old days, uh, we had female supremacy. It's been replaced by this women are wonderful phenomenon. The bad old days of of male supremacy are uh, now uh, followed by this female chauvinism. So uh, I believe that an act in favor of this proposition is a vote for chauvinism. Third and most important, the sexes need each other. They complement each other. They have been known to love one another As Henry Kissinger once said, no one will ever win the war between the sexes, there's just too much fraternizing with the enemy. (laughs) Now, now women and men do not succeed at one another's expense. We're on the same team, we're codependent. That was true on the African Savannah 100,000 years ago. It has been true ever since. It's true in 21st century America. I urge you to vote in favor of reality. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Christina Hoff Summers. Our motion is Men Are Finished, and here to summarize her position in support of this motion, Hannah Rosen, an award-winning journalist for Slate and The Atlantic.
1: I'm going to start out by reading you a couple of quotes. One is from a story called The Decline of the American Male. Men, this writer says, are endangered species. They are expendable. Another quote, women have gained in the past century while men have fallen behind. Who is this mystery author? Dave Zinsenko is the mystery author who wrote this story at USA Today in 2009. He keeps saying, this is preposterous, this is preposterous. Merely two years ago, he thought that it was true. Now I'm gonna read you another series of quotes. It is boys who are the second sex. It's a bad time to be a boy in America. The research, listen to this closely, commonly cited to support claims of male privilege and male sinfulness is riddled with errors. Who is the mystery author of this article? Christina Hoff Summers, who's also saying that this is all very preposterous. So as you can see, it's not that preposterous. We can all see the writing on the walls. As we said, this men are finished proposition. You literally have to think of it as graffiti, as the writing on the wall pointing to an inevitable future. All the signs are there. And then the, the final thing I want to say is, Christina says this is a vote for chauvinism, that men are finished is a vote for chauvinism. Don't think of it that way. You're actually doing a public service to men if you vote for our team. Because I think if we finally acknowledge that this is a problem and that men are finished and that they need our help and they might even need some affirmative action, then maybe we would behave the right way and we would help the men who desperately need our help. So remember, vote for men are finished.
3: Thank you, Hannah Rosen. Our motion is men are finished and here to summarize his position against the motion, David zinco Executive Vice President and Editor-in-Chief of Men's Health Magazine.
4: Well thank you, thank you John, thank you. Uh, hats off to Dan and Hannah. Uh, that article by the way was uh, arguing for better health care for men. There are five offices of women's health in the federal government, zero for men. Uh, that was really the context. Now my opponents tonight have outlined some trends uh, that seem to herald the final descent of the American male into a metaphorical trash heap of irrelevance and impotence. Um, they are trying to bury legions of men alive, okay? You have to vote against this measure. Sure, there are some worrisome trends they went through them, okay? And as we all, all know, once a trend starts it keeps going on forever. That's why all of our houses are worth so much more today than they were in 2007. Now, now, consider this, gender equality is something we can all agree on as an ideal. If we are approaching gender equality, why are there fewer women in government today than there were 10 years ago? Why is it so much easier for men to hold on to their gun rights than it is for women to hold on to their reproductive rights. Not only aren't men finished, but women haven't even begun. Let's at least get to the point where the game is tied before we start writing all the men off. You have to vote against this Thank measure. Thank David
3: Sinzenko. Our motion is men are finished, and here to summarize his position in support of the motion, Dan Abrams, chief legal analyst for ABC News and author of Man
2: Down. It seemed at times that our our opponents were pleading to you as a moral matter uh, to vote against this. It would be wrong. It would be horrible. Look what would happen. You would make the guys feel bad. (laughs) Look, the reality is that we're not just talking about women catching up. We're talking about women surpassing men. Both Hannah and I have talked to you in depth and at length about how significantly women have not caught up, but surpassed men in, in very significant areas um, in our society. Dave mentioned the Chilean mines and the miners there um, as an effort to sort of pull at your heartstrings, and there's no question that that was a heartfelt moment. But what if a woman had designed that mine? I'm guessing that we might not have ever had that sort of problem. I will end with one note from my book, which is that uh, there was a study done on how long it takes men and women to get ready to leave the house. And this study in England of 2,000 people showed that men take on average four minutes longer. When you think about a Saturday night, no question women will take longer to get ready to leave the house. But when you think about the realities that women face every day of bringing up children, working a job very often of doing all the hard work and trying to get ready to leave the house, it starts to, to make sense. And if that study's true, then men really are finished. Thank you, Dan Abrams. And that concludes our
3: closing statements. And now it's time to learn which side you feel has argued the best. Remember, we've asked you to vote before the debate began. and We're going to ask you to vote against now. These debaters have spent the last hour plus trying to win you over to their point of view on our motion. Men are finished. We had you vote once before the debate, and once again at the end of the debate. Both of those votes are now in, and here are the results. Before the debate, with the motion being, men are finished, 20% were for the motion, 54% were against, and 26% undecided. After the debate, 66% are for the motion. That's up 46%. 29% are against. That is down 25%. 5% undecided. That's down 21%. The side arguing for the motion. Men are finished. Has carried our debate. Our congratulations to them. Thank you for me, John Donvan, and Intelligence Squared U.S. We'll see you next time. This Intelligence Squared U.S. debate presented by the Rosencrantz Foundation was held at New York University's Skirball Center for the Performing Arts. Robert Rosencrantz is chairman. Dana Wolf is the executive producer. Maureen McMurray and Rob Christensen are the radio producers. Damon Whittemore is the audio engineer. Chris Kamakawa is our researcher. And I'm your host, John Donvan. For more information or to purchase tickets to future events, visit www.iq2us.org. Become a fan of Intelligence Squared on Facebook and jump in on the conversation. You'll also receive discounts on our live debates. Intelligence Squared is distributed by NPR.